we're back for CSO's podcast. So I'm Gretchen LaRoche and with me today is Benjamin Northey, Chief Conductor of CSO. Hi everyone. And Martin Risley, Concertmaster Extraordinaire. Hello. <laughs> so um, I guess we'll start off with a quick round of, does anyone have any news they want to share? Wow, news. Well, I haven't even um, been thinking about this. Uh, I was really... Um, interest, and this isn't really orchestral news, but I was really interested to see that your progressive Prime Minister is having a child, and I think that's just a wonderful development uh, for uh, women in the workplace and the modern world generally. So, good on Jacinta Ardern. I'd say big ups on that too. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Mum, do you have any uh, scintillating news you want to share or are you saving it up? No, yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to put a new piece of news out there and big um, excitement for us because um, at this point in time we can now say that uh, we are definitely moving into the town hall, definitely moving into the new home of the orchestra and uh, so this time next year we will be in our new pad and we'll be delighted to invite you all, our dear listeners, to come along to a party. Oh, we just need a bottle of champagne. Has anybody got champagne? We need the sound of popping corks and streamers (laughs) and party (laughs) whistles. Oh, that's wonderful. Great news. It's going to be great. A real real, um, uh, significant moment, I think, in the history of the orchestra and and hopefully for the city too. Well, Gretchen... I know this is a, a bit of a team effort, but special congratulations to you yes. for navigating your way through that uh, jungle of um, planning that has been involved in making that happen, because I know how much work you've done behind the scenes, and uh, really you deserve a statue, I think, at the least. I'll just take a comfy chair and a comfy chair. <laughs> Yeah. Comfy chair. Yeah. Yeah. Comfy chair. I shall look forward to welcoming everyone there. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, look, shall we move on to the main body of our chat today? And this is a topic that, boy, gets people's blood really boiling. In fact, I've seen people writing into the newspaper about it. It's one of the things we get the most feedback on, and it's around concert etiquette. So obviously one of the big flashpoints is when do people clap seems to be one of the big things. And I think this is quite an interesting thing actually we should just uh, maybe unpack a little bit here. Um, So concert etiquette, why do we think people get so wound up about this? Well, uh, it's a shared experience. It's one of the few times that human beings get to come in uh, to a space together as a big group and share a communal experience. And there's a certain amount of respectfulness to your neighbours that is involved in that process. There are also traditions that have been built up over time uh, with expectations of how audiences are supposed to react uh, at certain times in concerts, such as move, you know, in between movements, at the end of pieces, the entire ritual of the beginnings of the concert always being the same. Uh, I think those things have just built up expectations on the, the part of particularly regular concert goers and it looks a bit bemusing I think from the outside or from somebody new coming in and going I know that there's an expectation of how I'm meant to behave right now but I don't know what it is and that can be quite an alienating experience for them as well. 
I think actually that's a really interesting point because we, we know from surveys and feedback and talking to people that the orchestra's been doing that one of the biggest fears from people that have never been to an orchestra concert before is when to clap. They don't want to actually do the wrong thing. Mm. So on the one hand, uh, there's often really good reasons why we do certain things in concerts in certain ways. On the other hand, are we setting up a situation where perhaps new people might feel unwelcome or uncertain and it really puts them off. Where do we? Where do you guys stand, actually, on, on a pause? If someone claps between movements, does it put you off, Martin? Well, like Ben said, it's a shared experience. So from my perspective, um, that doesn't bother me unless it's sort of disturbing a kind of a communal feeling or tension or something that needs to be released in the music in the next bit. So if, if it's the end of a big... Thing, like the Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto, the end of that first movement is always a kind of a big it's blast, true. and yeah. usually people clap, and yeah. that's fine, it feels yeah. like a release. But some of the pieces that'll end, maybe they won't end on the tonic chord, it'll be sort of connecting to the next movement, and then you get a kind of a couple of people clapping, and, and then it just peters out. That's that can feel a bit <laughs> it spoils the mood for, for everyone else. So, I mean, I, I think our job is to make people know when to clap. Mm. And to hold their attention, and then no when, and then no and if they want to release that tension in the air, then then it happens, and that's perfectly natural. I think. I think it's, and I think it's very communal. It's it's about not just about the players, it's about everyone in the room feeling it together. We're talking about releasing tension, coughing. Now mm. this is this is a big one, and um, I've I've actually had a few musicians over the years say to me that actually they don't mind applause whenever coughing they actually find a little bit more distracting actually from uh, when it's occurring during the music. Do you notice it much on stage? Being as a conductor, look, I'm very aware that people have worked hard to buy the ticket to come to the concert, and. Um, Unfortunately, human beings cough, and and especially in winter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, go to the Sydney Opera House. Honestly, it's one of the few auditoriums in the world where you hear the audience more than they hear the orchestra, just wow. because of the nature of the acoustic. You just hear everything they do: unwrapping lollies, coughing, sneezing, rustling yeah. of programs, and it's very annoying and very frustrating. But you do have to remind yourself that we're, we're, we're all human beings here. Every now and again, I've seen a player have a coughing fit on stage too. Those things happen. Yes. So what are you going to do? I mean, there, I've seen a conductor turn around and give a lesson on suppressing a cough to an audience. <laughs> and actually, it was amazingly effective. It really changed the way people <laughs> coughed or not. I've seen singers get furious with audience members for coughing while they're singing Schubert Lieder or something, with small voices generally who feel intimidated by the slightest noise and like, you know, <laughs> Ian Bostridge I remember glaring at a poor woman who was having a coughing fit and just sort of, you know, as if she was a mass murderer or something um, so, you know, these things, these things happen but yeah. I just feel like it's part of the deal. Yeah. You just have to roll with those punches and you hope that people are able to control their, their coughing as much as possible. Do your best coughers, but if it's going to happen, we all understand kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Melbourne Symphony handed out lollies once, I remember, yeah. and then all you heard was people <laughs> rapping right. lollies. That's right. Yeah. It's an Aspen yeah. Music Festival Way I went worse. there. And they have them at the, 
at the entrance to the hall, but they're all individually wrapped, so you're here. Yes. Yeah, you're yeah. 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 Um, I actually did remember seeing an audience member once, I thought it was genius. She uh, actually unwrapped all of her cough lollies and she had them lined up on her knee out of the wrapper so that if she had a cough, she could put one in straight away. And I thought, ooh, that's, that's thinking ahead. Professional. Yeah, I thought that was But great. look, the reason that this is an issue is because you want to give everybody the chance to have a great experience of the music and for classical music that involves listening to unamplified sound mm -hmm. yeah. and that's why you hear all of this stuff that you never hear when you're in the cinema or you never hear when you're at a rock and roll concert or a jazz concert yes. because mm -hmm. everything's amplified we are not using amplification mm -hmm. so you know it's just to enable people to listen we need yeah. a, a certain level of silence mm -hmm. and that's why it's difficult mm -hmm. I think uh, at times. So moving away from perhaps intrusive sounds, sometimes you know people are quite concerned about you know are there special things they should be wearing to a concert, and this also seems to be quite polarizing. Now I hear it from both sides. Some people feel oh people should dress up to come to a concert, and others not at all. Come as you are. Do you have thoughts on this as as performer, as a conductor from the stage? Does it worry you what people are wearing? Um doesn't worry us, no. I mean, it's nice to see people coming out all looking flash and you feel like it's more of an event, but if people wear what you know, they feel like, if I'm wearing my sneakers, if you feel like wearing that, I mean, why not? You bought the ticket, you can go and, and do it. But but there's also something about getting yourself prepped up and wearing your suit or something. It makes you enjoy, I think, enjoy it a bit more. So it's really a personal preference, I think. But you'll notice the people going to the ballet or to the opera the concerts there's a kind of a slightly different um, set of dress dress that, that happens I, I don't know I mean do you, do you think about it oh look I always used to think that people dressed up to go out to concerts uh, and this was growing up in in Melbourne mainly seeing these these um, kinds of things happening but then I went to London <laughs> and I realized that almost no one dressed up to go to the concerts yeah. It was just yeah. more of a, a kind of a thing that you did just after work and, yeah. and just turned up in your old woolen jumper or something. Yeah. And I kind of liked that. It just meant that um, everyone was welcome. And I think yeah. that's the thing, that's, yeah. that's the thing, is that you, you're not expected to dress a certain way when you come no. to the orchestra. Everyone is welcome. Yes. All tickets are equal. Yes, exactly and, right. And, you know, this is um, part of that uh, feeling of inclusion for new audiences yeah. uh, is wear what you want. I mean, honestly, mm. it's, it's it is. fine. Mm. It's uh, mm. not going to, to make a, a you know, scary good difference, yeah. really. Yeah, I think... Wear, wear what you're comfortable in that's going to help Express you yourself, people. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, oh, exactly. there we go. Yeah. Yes, you have it from, from, from there, <laughs> there. Express yourself. Great. So um, I guess in, I just had a, a couple of other questions around orchestra etiquette as well. So when uh, the conductor steps onto the, onto the uh, platform, onto the concert stage, the orchestra stands, why is that? Is that a mark of respect or is there something else going on here? I think this is one of the most misunderstood moments in the uh, entire process of, mm. of the ritual of orchestral concerts. In my mind, there is a certain amount of that applause which is to welcome the conductor to the stage, but it's not for the conductor, it's for the orchestra that applause. We are standing up to acknowledge the applause for the entire orchestra. 
it's not for the conductor. And that's, it looks like it is, it looks like everyone stands up, oh, here comes the big boss, let's all stand up. That's not why we're standing. We're standing to, to receive the applause. And that's, um, I do it often in the second half as well, stand up the orchestra to re-emphasize that point. This isn't, oh great, you know, here comes the maestro, let's all clap. It's, it's, um, it's not really about that at all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess then uh, that, that sort of, I suppose, flips into the end as well, the end of the concert, um, all things going well, there'll be applause from the audience, and again, the orchestra stands, but you're not bowing. Um, you know, and often musicians in chamber ensembles would bow, but we don't. Is that for, for health and safety reasons, <laughs> or um, how does that tradition come about? Trying to get 90 people to bow at the same time together. <laughs> no, but that, that's what they're standing to acknowledge the applause. And, yes. and a lot of orchestras have tried to make sure everyone turns to face the audience. Because yeah. there's nothing weirder than seeing a bunch of violins standing inside on it, looking at their profiles while yeah. they're standing up. <laughs> but that's what the standing is for. And, and we'll try to sit down so that the conductor can actually get his own applause and often Ben is always pulling us up as well but that's where we don't stand up when it's the conductor getting his applause well it's, yeah. it's bit, from my point of view it's like I present to you the orchestra I present to you the soloist who did this I present to you the first horn or the first trumpet or the concertmaster or whoever and then I present to you the Christchurch Symphony Orchestra everybody and you know aren't we proud thank you you know it's the audience's chance to say thank you to the players and um it's, you know, that moment is a collaborative moment again. But uh, just going back one step mm. on applause between movements, mm. I think that this is a reasonably recent phenomenon that we don't clap between movements. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I have no problem with people clapping only because I haven't yet met a musician who doesn't love applause. <laughs> yeah, Mus- that's musicians right. are that's very true. shallow in that yes. sense. Yes. It's like applause. Oh, really? You liked <laughs> what I did? Oh, thank you. <laughs> And so, you know, there's no issue with yeah. that if people want to clap yeah. at any time. Yeah. And the other thing I would add is just the film and orchestra concerts that I've been doing a, a fair bit of, like the Star Wars things and mainly back in Australia. Uh, we invite the audience to participate in the performance by uh, clapping and cheering whenever they want. So for all of the big moments, you get this spontaneous eruption of applause and cheering and I tell you what, it is thrilling. It's really, it is great. thrilling. Can you imagine an orchestral concert where that happened every time? Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be amazing. You could still like go to a um, jazz concert, you know, you applaud after the solo yeah. moment. Yeah, exactly. And, that's, and I'm that's, sure in, in the classical era, and all of the evidence suggests that's what it was like in, in Mozart's time, was that people were clapping during the pieces. They were talking, it was informal, it was up to the composer to get the attention of the audience, not the other way around, you know, so, um, yeah. That's actually, it's an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? You know, as we're grappling with this, making, you know, really thinking about orchestras being accessible to the wider public, we want to have our concert halls full, and so actually maybe there is something that we can think about as musicians as well, going back to the heritage and, and... and really making sure that we're creating as welcoming a place yeah. as possible. And I think that coming, going just on what you said, Ben, that us, our job is is to grab your attention, and so that you won't be talking about 
if you're talking about something, you're talking about what's going on. You're not just talking about the news this morning, or <laughs> to do, and and to make you listen and and clap when you want. But if you're listening, you you might find you you waiting until the music stops to clap, or you know, if it's loud enough, you might clap during it. That's true. That'd be very thrilling. But um, we're often not as loud as those amplified concerts, so that you miss stuff when when there's applause. But but not it, when we're at Pegasus Bay, we're we're amplified and. People are applauding during well, that's true. And the film and orchestra concerts and, are amplified yeah. too, so it's a slightly different um, yeah. scenario. Maybe that's the test. If there are speakers there, so, it's a bit different. So maybe we need to, uh, you know, introduce the mosh pit in front of the orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It'd be an interesting experimental concert, that's yeah. for sure, to do and encourage the audience to participate. All right, well, I think we're going to uh, leave it there um, for for this episode. But um, just to finish off, anything on your minds? Martin, Ben, anything on your mind you want to share? Uh, anything on my mind? Uh, look, I'm very aware of the fact that I uh, only travel with a conducting baton. That is the extent <laughs> of my kit. Uh, I have no instrument to uh, transport. And I just wanted to briefly mention that my baton is made by a gentleman called Jack Gee, who lives in Wellington. And he just came up to me one day at a concert in Wellington and said, oh, do you want to try my conducting batons? And they're the best that I've ever used. I can't imagine using any others. And he's just this um, genius guy who nobody knows about, makes these extraordinary conducting batons. So if anyone was wondering, that's where my batons come from. Oh, thank you. You heard it here first. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you very much. And we look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode.